welcome to Fringe with Benefits, episode 69. 69? Let's all be like we're in junior high and giggle and snort. Remember when you tried it and it wasn't what it was cracked up to be? Talk about cringe fest. Am I right or am I right? Since we are on the topic of cringe, I'm Stacy and I'm your host, and I come to you to scramble your brain on all things anomalous, peculiar, weird, and abnormal. Stacy's socials this week, we've got some good ones for you. We've got some great ones for you. Now, there's a pattern of fire striking food facilities across the U.S. This is suggesting, because there's no coincidence, people, this suggests that there's an arson team targeting food facilities. There's been a partial halting of grain and fertilizer deliveries by Union Pacific Railroad, which is largely owned by BlackRock and Vanguard Investments. There's also been a mass culling of chickens and turkeys using fraudulent PCR testing to claim there's another bird flu epidemic. And this requires mass destruction of egg-producing chickens and other birds used for meat. That's not good. The government has also been paying farmers to plow their crops under, effectively incentivizing the destruction of the food supply. This has been going on for well over a year. Also, Joe Biden's dismantling of America's energy infrastructure, pipelines and drilling, we've all been feeling the effects of that, which directly impacts agriculture, creating vastly increased prices for farming inputs such as fuel and fertilizer. Black conservative patriot BCP asked his audience to crowdsource reports of fires affecting food facilities in the last few months. His audience produced the following list. It hasn't been fully vetted, but several recent fires, such as the Azure Standard Fire and the Taylor Farms Food Processing Facility Fire in Salinas, California, are both widely covered in recent news. So we've got the dried milk plant in Idaho in October of 2021, the food processing plant fire in San Antonio, December 2021, JBS beef plant fire in December 2021, the Mississippi poultry feed mill boiler explosion in December of 2021, Hamilton Mountain poultry processing plant fire in January of 2022, Lecompte feed mill fire in Louisiana in January 2022, the Bonanza Meat Company fire in El Paso, Texas in February of 2022, Shearer's Food Plant Fire in Oregon of February 2022, Mauston, Wisconsin River Meats Fire in February of 2022, a food bank in Maricopa County, Arizona, which was a food pantry with 50,000 pounds of food was destroyed by a fire in March of 2022, the Nestle Fire in Arkansas, March 2022, a Walmart Distribution Center Fire in March of 2022, a potato processing plant in Penobscot, Maine, in March 2022, Sherbrooke, Canada, food processing fire in April 2022, fire grain elevator plant fire in Kansas in April 2022, fertilizer plant fire April, Azor standard fire April, food processing plant fire in Salinas, California, which we just mentioned, in April. So that's one, two, three, four, five, at least that have happened this month. Union Pacific recently announced that they would start deplatforming rail cars carrying fertilizer to U.S. farmer. That only adds to the speculation that all this is somehow coordinated. 
It also begs the question, as the world is running straight into global food crisis, why would the U.S. rail infrastructure companies decide to drop fertilizer and grain shipments? CFS Industries announced, not only will fertilizer be delayed by these shipping restrictions, but additional fertilizer needed to complete spring applications may be unable to reach farmers at all. Placing this arbitrary restriction on a handful of shippers, Union Pacific is jeopardizing farmers' harvests and increasing the cost of food for consumers. That same announcement revealed 30 companies are facing similar restrictions. Union Pacific is claiming that it's overloaded with demand and can't handle it, so they're buying more locomotives. This is a process that will likely take years. United Nations is already warning that food prices are spiking at the astonishing rate of 12.6% a month. And that's the latest data from March. The International Monetary Fund is publicly warning the accelerating food supply shortages will lead to waves of social unrest across the globe. In that story, it says, quote, protests have already erupted in Peru due to unrelenting inflation, and this is probably only a taste of what's to come as the problem spreads. Sky-high food process prices, especially in poorer countries, will make it unaffordable for many families to make ends meet. This will lead to protests and riots as the dominoes continue to fall throughout the rest of the world. Hell on fire will ensue. And this crisis unfolds even as the global economy has not yet fully recovered from the pandemic, says the IMF's research development director. Interesting. That's always my word, interesting, right? More like fucking infuriating. Um, next is kind of a, I don't know, not as an important of a story, but definitely in the weird category, which is what we cover here on Fringe with Benefits. New York Post, boy born with two penises has the larger one chopped off by doctors. That's their headline to get people all riled up. Let's, let's, let's look at this. Kid from Brazil, one in a million babies born to be, um, to have a duplicate penis. Doctors in Sao Paulo said that to date only 100 men with this condition, which is called defalia, have been reported in medical literature. This case report was published in the Journal of Pediatric Urology of this boy. He had a complete defalia, as opposed to having only one accessory penis or stump. Usually it's just a little whoop, little whoop on the side. This kid was two years old by the time that they decided to give him surgery for reasons not explained. The left penis was larger. Team of doctors had planned to save this one and get rid of the smaller right member. But both penis, although differing in size, were visibly similar and both working. Mom said both penises had the ability to become erect. Examinations showed that each penis had only one of the two corpora cavernosa, the, that's the spongy column of tissue that fills with blood to cause the penis to harden. Medics discovered that the boy can only urinate from the smaller penis, so that's important. The urethra of the larger one was too narrow for urine to pass through. The decision was made about functionality and not size. Surgeons removed the left penis entirely and filmed the process on a video published on the online journal. Before and after shots show how neatly the Brazilian team were able to slice the left penis off and stitch the remaining skin together. It's not clear how well the boy will be able to achieve erections in the future, given he only has one erection chamber in his remaining penis. It comes after doctors in Ubekistan described the case of a seven-year-old boy with two fully functioning penises. Then that's when both penises have the urethra and erectile tissue. Medical news today say that there's nothing to say that men with duplicate penises cannot have normal sex lives and children. 
There tends to be a higher risk of dysfunction in the kidney and colorectal systems, and therefore infection and possibly death is a risk. It is deemly, it's deemed appropriate to remove one of the penises and correct any abnormalities on the, si in the, on the inside. My opinion on this subject is let the kid grow up and make his own decisions. Don't make any calls unless it's life-threatening. Okay, next is Gabby Hanna. She's like one of these internet sensation um, celebrities who's got 7.3 million TikTok followers. I've never seen her, whatever, but she told viewers, so it's, this is so controversial. <laughs> she told viewers that if they pick up a hobby like jet skiing, they would never be sad again. This particular video has about 70,000 views and she says, quote, listen up, this advice is about to change your life. This tip is not just for overcoming depression, it's going to get you excited to wake up every day, end quote. She's saying that people who are depressed should take up multiple hobbies. Many commenters under her video is, are criticizing her for recommending expensive hobbies. This controversy has become more widespread as various YouTube drama channels, which often comment on influencer controversies, make videos echoing a sentiment that her TikTok was, quote, privileged and tone deaf towards many people who might not be able to afford equipment for sports or leisure activities and wrong to imply that hobbies can cure depression. Well, Sierra McCobb, who's an associate professor of neuroscience at the University of Reading, saying, ha says having a hobby can improve your mental health and well-being, and it's good for people with clinical depression. She does also recommend seeking guidance from a therapist and a doctor to find the best treatment most suitable to the individual. My opinion is there's nothing wrong to suggest that getting a hobby, whether it's an expensive one or one that doesn't cost any money, to help treat someone's depression. Honestly, it does help, especially anything that's going to induce feelings of euphoria or adrenaline. Just like, you know, my, my suggestions always exercise and that doesn't cost a damn cent. It's just to get out and go for a walk. I think that her intentions were... Um, good-natured, and people need to chill the fuck out on the internet and stop telling people they're privileged and tone-deaf or they can't read a room. Next is a really messed-up story about a high school student. 15-year-old girl was stabbed to death by an intruder on a high school ca campus in Stockton, California. The superintendent, John Ramirez Jr., said, quote, A trespasser entered the front of our school today, stabbed one of our students multiple times. Unfortunately, she did not make it. The assailant was taken, detained, and taken into custody immediately. The victim is identified by her family as Alicia Renaga, and the perpetrator is Anthony Gray, 52. He was arrested in connection and booked in the San Joaquin County Jail. He drove to the school, went through the campus gate, attacked before security and staff could stop him. And her, her dad said that he wanted to let everyone know that my daughter was an amazing kid and smart. He said, my daughter didn't have any enemies. My daughter was sheltered her whole life. We took her to school and we took her home from school. Police initially said that the teenager appeared to have been targeted, but one of the officers told the Sacramento Bee that they believe it was a random act. New details have revealed that this 52-year-old Anthony Gray tried to grab two girls in the parking lot before killing the 15-year-old. So why the fuck wasn't campus security called when the two girls were being assaulted in the parking lot? How the hell does this happen that some random man can walk into a school and stab a kid to death? 
it really pisses me off. Where the hell was the faculty? It's not like, you know, even in a school shooting, a lot of these teachers and faculty will put themselves in the, in the way of harm so they can protect the student. Where the hell was anybody that day? Did, it's just infuriating. The next thing is pretty infuriating, too, because it shows just how stupid human beings are. Humphrey, her name is, well, her last name is Humphrey. My article here does not show her first name. She's a 33-year-old NYU graduate. She's helped name over 100 children last year. For $1,500, she will generate a, quote, bespoke name list based on a questionnaire filled out by parents. And she will come up with a name that will be, quote, on brand with the parent's business. That will cost about $10,000 per the profile. Her career as a professional baby namer dates back to 2015 when she created her Instagram account, What's in a Baby's Name? Humphrey says she was just looking for a way to show, share my love of baby names. But she eventually turned it into a full-fledged business. She said, while it's easy to say I name ba people's babies for a living, my work is so much deeper and more nuanced than that. My job is to hold space and provide spiritual, emotional, and physical support for my clients as they progress through the major life transition of becoming a parent. While I offer name expertise, my work centers on supporting the expectant parent and leading them back into their inner place of wisdom and intuition. I have built my business on the premise that parents already know the right answer. Sometimes they just need a bit of guidance to remember and access the knowledge that already exists inside of them. Hey, guess what? If you guys need a baby name, 500 bucks will do it for you, and then you can say that your baby was named by a naked and afraid star. Or just a star of life, honestly. Five-pointed gold star, Stacy. <sighs> Next is, okay, we've been following this story about specialist Enrique Roman Martinez, 21, stationed at Fort Bragg. He went missing on out of North Carolina's Outer Banks during a camping trip over the Memorial Weekend in May 2020. We talked about this. You probably don't remember. His severed head washed ashore days after this trip near mile marker 53 at a campsite at Shackleford Banks. Seven soldiers who went camping with Roman will face court martial on conspiracy and several other charges. But get this. They have not been charged with homicide. Soldiers are being charged with conspiracy and failure to obey a direct order of regulation related to travel during a travel ban. Why? This is my question. Why are they being charged with just that? Is that, is that all they have on them? That's what it appears to be. Seven soldiers have been identified as Specialist Juan Avila, Alex R. Becerra, Joshua L. Curry, Benjamin E. Silby, Sibley, Private Anne-Marie L. Cochell, Private First Class Samad A. Landrum, and Sergeant Samuel O. Moore. Becerra, Cochell, and Landrum are also charged with using LSD. All seven have been arraigned and their trials are scheduled for May to September. According to the autopsy, Roman Martinez's manner of death is listed as homicide. The autopsy report states, while decapitation in is in and of itself universally fatal, the remainder of the body in this case was not available for examination and therefore potential causes of death involving the torso and extremities cannot be excluded. His head displayed numerous chop injuries, a broken jaw, cuts, and a fractured spine. 
So a lot of that could could come from chopping the head off. So we do not know what the cause of death is. The report reads, despite multiple conversations with investigating officers, no explanation for the death of this individual or the findings at autopsy has been offered. It goes on to say that it is therefore my opinion that while a definitive cause of death cannot be determined, the findings in this case are most consistent with the death due to homicide. His sister, Griselda Martinez, said it was difficult to learn the details regarding her brother's brutal death, including that his eyes were missing and his hair had been pulled out. Her and her family felt it was important to read the autopsy report. She said it was so cruel what they did to them. Why'd they have to do that to him? He's already gone. Why'd they have to go the extra step to do this to him? It was really hard for us, too. Yeah, I, I bet it was really hard. Purge for the family. I hope they get some closure. I hope whoever did this gets prosecuted. I'm very skeptical that these other people are not responsible. He went camping with them. They were out there partying. Some of them were on LSD. Sometimes you could have a bad trip on LSD and harm others or yourself. It just all seems really fishy and I hope somebody comes forward and says what the fuck happened to this poor kid. He's just a baby. Next article is about um, a cancer survivor. He's vowing to untangle this mystery of why almost 100 people associated with a New Jersey high school have developed extremely rare malignant brain tumors. His name is Al Lupiano. He's among 94 former staff and students from Colonia High School in Woodbridge Township. Among others diagnosed with a brain cancer was his little sister, who passed away in February at the age of 44. This devoted brother promised his sister on her deathbed he would get to the bottom of what was causing this cancer. Various radiological assessments will be conducted across the school's 28-acre campus, including the testing of indoor air samples for radon. Lupiano was diagnosed with brain tumor back in the late 1990s at the age of 27, and he went on to recover. Last year, his wife, who also attended the high school, was diagnosed with a rare brain tumor. On the exact same day, his little sister, another alumna of Colonia, learned that she too had brain cancer. He's convinced of a link between Colonia campus and the brain cancers that he, his wife, and his sister had developed. Last month, he started a Facebook group asking locals whether they knew of any other people associated with the school who had been stricken with the same diagnosis or something close. In less than six weeks, he said he's gathered the names of 94 people connected who have developed brain tumors. This disturbing development became headline news with CBS. It took it national, and a TikTok video discuss discussing the medical mystery has also racked up 2.2 million viral views in 24 hours. The majority of those who have developed these brain tumors graduated between 1975 and 2000. Outliers have become, have come as recently as 2014 graduate. Diagnos the diagnosis include several types of primary brain tumors, including cancerous forms like glioblastoma and non-cancerous yet debilitating masses such as acoustic neuromas. And a big long word, hemangioblastomas and meningiomas. This TikTok video sparked some panic and a range of conspiracy theory style comments. People claiming mold, toxic waste, asbestos, cell phone towers all could be causing this cluster of cancer. He reached out to the State Department of Health, Department of Environmental Protection, and the Federal Agency for Toxic Substances and Disease Registry for help. It's still in the early stages, according to the CBS News report. 
He also told New Jersey Spotlight News that the school is located less than 12 miles from the Middlesex Sampling Plant, which is a site that was used under the direction of the Manhattan Project to crush, dry, store, package, and ship uranium. I wonder if some of that uranium is going to Iran. Thanks, Obama. It goes on to say that he alleges that some contaminated soil was removed from the site when it closed down in 1967, and that was the same year that this high school was built. He's wondering whether some of that soil ended up on school grounds. No doubt. No doubt it did. He's enrolls probably, or I'm sorry, Colonia enrolls approximately 1,300 students who many say to be anxious about the possible cancer cluster. This is a developing story. I suggest you guys keep an eye on it and maybe join the Facebook group to refresh. His name is Al Lupiano. Next is another freak show of a human, a body modification enthusiast known as, um, we call him Human Satan or Diabio in, in Portuguese. I think that's right. <laughs> it's probably wrong. Brazilian Michel Faro do Prado. He's undergone lots of body modifications over the years. Lots of tattoos, piercings, very similar to the guy that wants to be like an alien. We've talked about these people before. This guy even customized his teeth to complete his devil-like image. He is a tattoo artist, surprisingly. And now, this is what the story is about. He cut his ears off to celebrate the mask mandate removal. He said, quote, I believe that the true image of the devil is beautiful. The Bible says this in Genesis and also the same way in the book of Isaiah, which says that Jesus was ugly and he looked like a dry root in the desert. He did not inhabit any beauty. So if it's a matter of fiction that the devil looks like me more in my heart, I prefer God and doing good. He said, my family loves it, which consists of my wife and my son and some people in my life that have also become my family. He says it doesn't matter to him what people say. He just demands respect. It, this idea is for Michelle, Michelle, Michael, Michelle, Michelle, <laughs> to become his wife's masterpiece because she specializes in body modifications and helped him achieve his look. He's explained how his appearance allows him to continuously break the mold and give him an opportunity to express his true self. He says his exterior has changed because of what he is and what he is becoming. He continues to say his appearance represents the internal freedom he has to break the paradigms and concepts that are imposed upon us as a society. So, wild. Okay, this next article, I just, when I read it, I thought to myself, this is predictive programming at its finest. Basically, a NASA scientist is revealing how her job could prevent astronauts and spacecrafts from bringing dangerous alien contamination to Earth. She told Google, I am a planetary protection engineer, so my job is twofold. The first part, when we're sending out spacecraft, rovers, orbiters, whatever it may be, beyond our own planet to another planet, moon, asteroid, that may harbor life, it's my goal and the team's goal to make sure that we don't send our earth germs to those locations, especially when we are trying to search for other life. One fear is that scientists will think they've found life, but they've actually found a hitchhiker from earth. Dr. Cooper works to prevent that scenario for NASA. In a similar vein, Cooper's job is to try and protect our own planet from any future alien contamination. She said at a talk at Google, one day we hope to bring samples back to our own planet 
And you have to have that same consideration. When you bring something back, you don't want to bring something that may be harmful to humans. Right now, scientists are basing their potentially dangerous Martian life models on prions. Prions are molecules that can do a lot of harmful things to your brain. Very similar to mad cow disease, which can lead to dementia and death. She said that what if Martian life was similar to prions? Well, I'm sure that there are some, but not all. Her job is to work out how scientists could kill that dangerous life and prevent it causing damage on Earth. Her and her team continue to work on models for these worst-case scenarios. For one, how can they prevent that? And two, don't meteors hit our Earth on the regular, and wouldn't they sometimes have biological material from other worlds? This whole article just seems really fishy to me. I do understand the concept of not allowing our contaminants to touch wherever we're going to explore, but the fact that they're kind of setting us up to have some sort of alien invasion, whether it be real aliens or a contaminant from another world. Okay, this week's accountability segment. Um, this week's interview our guest spot weekly topic is another installment of Have You Heard with Ashley Joe from Into the River podcast and yours truly. We talk on some recent current events and give our opinion and thoughts on those current events. And I would say that it's a good conversation and rather entertaining, but not much in the way of any paranormal stuff like we talk about here, but definitely some weird findings and discussions about the current state of things. Grace Harbor Ghost Hunters had a very successful meeting last weekend. Julia took some wonderful pictures of some orbs. We visited an estate sale with some interesting feelings in one of the rooms. And we also visited the Fern Hill Cemetery documenting field investigations is all a part of it. So go to graceharborghosthunters.com for more information. I've honestly been feeling pretty down about things. Sometimes life is hard, and if you're not honest with yourself about those things, I think that you're, well, obviously, if you're not honest with yourself, you're lying to yourself, but if you say that it's not hard, then you're fooling yourself. I try not to get down on myself. I know I'm doing better than I think I'm doing. I miss certain things about my previous life that I don't get the same enjoyment and fulfillment and satisfaction that I do, that I get now, versus how I lived my life before. Change is hard, especially change that is unwanted or unexpected. But I guess that's all a part of it, right? Business, follow me on all the socials. There's a Telegram link below. We have a Patreon and visit InwardSurvival.com. Twitter, my Twitter handle, at Stacy Fringe, that's the show Twitter. Need some followers. Kind of exciting news. Mike Boudet from Sword and Scale is back on Twitter. Thank you, Elon. And he's followed the podcast page. So that I was super stoked to see that. He produces a great show. If you don't already listen to Sword and Scale, go give it a listen. And I'm on Truth Social now. Go find me, Golden Valkyrie. And you can pretty much find me anywhere as Golden Valkyrie or on YouTube, Golden Valkyrification. You can pretty much find me anywhere. I have a link for a discount. If you want something from Forbidden Clothes, go to ForbiddenClothes.com or follow the link below. If you want to use the promo code, it's Fringe with Benefits. Or Fringe, I don't know which. Just use the link below. Fringe with Benefits has a mailbag. We're looking for stories. We're looking for interviewees. If you have a story about a cryptid, a UFO encounter, Bigfoot encounter, any kind of sighting that might be 
supernatural, ghosts, whatever, or even real-life situations that would blow your mind, we're looking for them. So send your mail to fringewithbenefits at protonmail.com. There is something that I've been wanting to share with you guys. On the Reddit thread, Missing411, we talk about Missing411 and the Can-Am Missing Project here a lot. And if you're not a follower of David Paletti's, I suggest you follow his YouTube channel and his Twitter and everything else you can get your hands on, including his books, because he is an incredible researcher, very well-experienced investigator, and he's been doing a lot of work in this insane, crazy, missing persons investigations. So I suggest you guys go check him out. This particular post on Reddit really caught my eye. And I think it has a little bit of insight into maybe what is going on and why people are going missing. So allow me to entertain you with this. It's titled, Ayahuasca Insights into Missing 411. It says, I have done ayahuasca ceremony about eight times in the past year and a half. I've had some crazy experiences, including encounters with interdimensional beings, having an object flying off a shelf and be placed in my hand by an unseen force, and past life memories that were later verified by exact dates that I was given in the vision. A few of these ceremonies offered insight into the missing 411 phenomenon, which is a subject that is very important to me. I don't necessarily believe what I'm about to tell you to be 100% true, but this is what I experienced and what I saw. What I clearly saw was a sort of a soul contract that we have with these forest beings that has allowed them to take a certain number of people every year. This is a contract that goes deep into ancient times. Even beyond that, beyond that people that go missing have made the agreement before their incarnation into this life to experience this. In many of the stories, there seems to be an aspect of fate, or that they are being called to go into the woods against their better judgment. From what I was shown, it is prearranged by their own choice, unconsciously. At the moment of abduction, their physical and astral bodies are both pulled into the lower astral plane. I'm not sure what this causes their death experience to be. Do their souls get trapped there for a time? If they are non-physical beings preying on a non-physical aspect of humans, what sort of death takes place and how long does it take? It is horrifying to even imagine what these poor souls, especially the children, experience when they are carried by some inhuman monstrosity into the shadowy upside-down realm of the lower astral plane. I don't know, but what I saw is that upon their death, there is a remembering of their agreement to play the role of victim to these beings. That, of course, does not make it any easier. How long their soul is stuck there, and what becomes of it, when being preyed upon by a non-physical being is, is a question that which will haunt me for a while. There are many different types of beings that are taking people. There are fey, skinwalkers, and sasquatch, all with different agendas that are completely non-human. It seems our agreement with them is based on our encroachment into nature and humanity's increasing disconnection from it. In my ayahuasca experience, I met with their elders in the astral and told them that this previously held soul contract that we had with them is no longer valid. It is now null and void. They are no longer allowed to take our people. I then placed a magical seal between our plane of reality and theirs. This experience was spontaneous and profound. It was not something I planned on, it just happened. Did this have any effect? I do not know. It felt like it affected something but it could, of course, be my imagination. I guess time will tell. 
I was also shown insight into one particular case that always haunted me. I can't recall the names of the family, but they were camping in the woods. The husband and wife had their two kids, a cat and a dog, all asleep in their trailer. They were about 100 yards away when they overheard a scream from the trailer and looked over to see the trailer door left open. They ran back and found their son missing, while their daughter and animals were still asleep, completely undisturbed. What I saw was the being that took the child. It was definitely in the Sasquatch family, but it was not just that, though. This particular strain was absolutely demonic-looking. I found myself in the trailer watching it enter in slow motion. The look on its face was so deeply evil and disturbing to me that I found myself having jump scares at every little thing the rest of the night after the experience was over. This lower astral being is not simply an animal. Its vibration is deeply dense, hostile, and hateful of humanity. It looked right at me, and it was almost as if it were aware of me astrally projecting myself into the past moment, which is what horrified me even more. My attention then followed the beast to a cave where I watched in horror as it devoured the child alive, starting with his face. It was truly fucked. Not sure if any of this is based in truth, but it's what I experienced. I have had other bizarre experiences that were later verified by external evidence, so based on my track record, there could be some truth to this. Regardless, when going into the woods, be absolutely sure that you affirm your spiritual protection by a higher power. Your angels, spirit guides, Jesus, whoever works for you. Also, acknowledge and leave offerings for the nature beings just as you head out. Leave food, tobacco, and alcohol with the intention of honoring those who live in the spaces you're visiting. Send them a message of respect, but with a clear boundary that your free will is divinely protected, and you do not agree to being attacked or abducted against your will. And that's the end of it. Obviously, tons of comments, lots of people providing some sort of insight. And I thought it was especially helpful to see somebody's perspective or what they might think is going on. I do not know what I think about it. I think that uh, Mr. Pauletti's might have a pretty negative feeling towards this because he might think that nobody would choose to do this. I don't know. I I know he's very protective of the people that go missing and of people that could prospectively go missing. And so he wants us all to buy a a geo-tracking device. Forgot what he said that they're called. Be really careful when you go out into the woods and don't go alone. If you do go alone, make sure people know where you're going and wear a GPS tracking device. Send me your mail at fringewithbenefits at protonmail.com. Welcome back to Fringe with Benefits, and uh, here we are with Ashley from Into the River podcast, and we are doing another, like, what's that, what's it called when you do a double podcast whammy? Uh, Swapcast? Swapcast, kind of, (laughs) whatever, I don't know. (laughs) We're not hip enough to know the lingo, but we've been doing these segments, and it's been on my podcast. It's been on Into the River, where we're doing Have You Heard? And we react to the ridiculousness that's going on in the news media and all the weird stuff. Like, aren't you having an issue trusting anything that's put out in the news right now? Right now? Or yeah, ever? <laughs> for quite a while, though. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Abs- I, don't, I actually don't even know what to believe and what's real anymore. I've been kind of almost like zooming out of it a little bit, which is fun. Yeah. Same here. Like I, I just don't even like looking at it unless I see it for myself. But even then with the, the 
the digital enhancement technology that they have out there. It's like, is that even really them talking? Is that really happening? We don't even fucking know unless it's right in front of our face. And then even then they have hologram technology. So we don't even know. I don't know. It's disturbing. No, it's, a trip. it's a total trip. I, I don't know what's real and what's fake anymore. I've gotten to the point where I really just, I love that we're commenting on it. And I think it's so much fun to talk about, but personally, like, I just trust my gut on everything. And I've found that it's getting stronger, like my intuition, my gut, like, I don't need someone to tell me what to think or how to see things. Like, I like to look at things and discern for myself and trust myself. And I feel like the more that you learn to do that and get comfortable with that, the better you get. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, to jump into a really weird topic, I've been thinking lately that we are kind of in our own simulations and our own games, which I used to think that was a crazy thought. But lately, I feel that every single one of us has the ability to create the dynamic of the world that they exist in Mm -hmm. and what we see and perceive and believe becomes real to us. So in a way we're like almost in the metaverse already and have been probably for a long time. And we get to decide what the world is around us. So obviously there's things outside of our control that do affect us that have to do with society and government, but also how we view it and how we interact with it is completely up to us. And I think that we can almost like hack the video game and just mess with reality. So like, I love talking about the news, but like, that's where my mind's been lately. No, that's awesome. (laughs) That's great to be in that spot because then we have a real element of control actually, instead of just watching in the sidelines, like what the fuck's going on, we can step in and fix things around us because it really does just begin with the individual and fixing fixing ourselves and then fixing the direct our reactions our direct environment I mean shit you could just tidy up your room and it will like raise the vibration in the area or I don't know decorate something put your makeup on do your hair you know even really superficial stuff like that can make us feel a lot better about ourselves and confidence is key confidence is everything so I, I wish that I could just bottle it up and give it to people because there's so many people that are just driven by fear and being unsure that if they, I mean, it's not like you have to drop the fear totally. That's almost impossible, but to be able to function with the fear in your life and know that it's going to be okay. Even if you are afraid, that's like a real talent and skill. So absolutely. It's essential. It's really important to Uh, be in charge and have that sense of confidence and not be swayed by every way the wind blows. Like I've noticed, I don't know about you, but you know, I, I keep going through difficult things, but they're not harder. It's like the harder the things are becoming the less difficult they are for me, because I feel like I've been in this like mental strength training Mm -hmm. over the last couple of years of like learning to stand on my own. And it all comes back to that confidence. It's like really trusting in who you are and what you believe in and what you're going to do in your life and not needing permission from another person and being willing to lose people who don't like it or who want to control your actions or your words or anything, keep you in a version, a past version of yourself. And, you know, kind of like we were talking about before this, I just, I've been noticing how things are just easier for me that a couple of years ago would have devastated me. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And I'm like, well, that's amazing. Yeah. That's growth. That's awesome. 
good on you, man. Yeah. That's badass. Not all of this stuff is bad. <laughs> that's going on. And then it, and then it propels me to want other people to live their best life. And mm-hmm. I realize, like, I don't want to try to control another person or change another person as well. And if that means letting people go and wishing for them to have their best world, even if they live in a world of rainbows and unicorns that I might not perceive the world that way, like that way, that's their video game. Mm-hmm. who am I to get in and mess with the rules of their game like it's almost like go live your best life do you as long as you're not you know trying to control others I don't see the problem with it but yep. anyway and that's where we have a long intro <laughs> well that's where we have our issues with everybody is that um, they are trying to exert force on our free will and the free will of others and that's where we have a problem otherwise we wouldn't even have a fucking problem I don't know so absolutely uh, what have you heard? Any any new stuff? What do you got? Well, I'm going to jump right into one of the, I just saw this before we got on. And as far as trying to control people, this is a really interesting one because it's a big conspiracy theory coming true as we become really accustomed to. But have you heard that Italy is rolling out a soft social credit score in the fall, the first of its kind in Europe? No. No, I have not yeah, heard this. So it's very interesting. A couple points from the article that I thought were interesting is they're going to create a smart citizen wallet that can receive digital points based on whether a citizen has demonstrated virtuous behavior or not. And so within that virtuous behavior, there are things like your carbon footprint. And I haven't read the full article, but you will, the citizen will receive benefits if he recycles, if he uses public transport, if he manages his energy consumption well. And then there's, they're going to be calling it a culture card. So I was kind of skimming over that article before we got on. And then people will, they're saying that no one's going to be forced to participate, that it's voluntary at first, but Mm -hmm. they were like, I think a lot of people will want to do it. And they talked about this punishment and reward system. So what do you think about that one? Very black mirror moment in reality. Yeah. Well, you know, with some things, I think it's a good thing. Like if it's going to get people away from their freaking television, instead of being brainwashed, being outside and creating something, building something, working on their, um, their physical fitness. I, I think it's great if they're, it's going to stop people from littering everywhere and taking care of the planet. I think it's great. Um, if it's going to reduce consumption on these fucking things that we're all tied to I think that that's all good but I also don't think that people should be given special treatment and that's kind of like the whole problem and people are going to be forced into doing that and who is who dictates what's a virtuous behavior versus what's not virtuous like is there going to be a narrative that everybody has to follow and what's right to do I don't follow the whole climate change um, conspiracies because w- that's what it is we don't have enough data to measure climate change or global warming or any of that so I, I just think it's a big farce just like the other stuff fueled by the world economic forum to to make money for them to restrict our freedoms and to brainwash everybody so they're controllable um i think that that's fucking scary i don't like it although i want people to be better and do better Um, I don't think that people should need to be rewarded to do good works. They should want to do good works because in itself, it's a reward. So it's a double-edged sword right there. Um, What do you think? Jeez, that's wild. You brought up some really good points that 
I haven't looked at it that way. Um, I haven't dwelled on it a bunch. For me, obviously, it's, it's it seems terrifying this idea because I feel like the I see the negative potential for this as far as you know it comes down to hate speech or what if I say something online and I get deducted points and then they shut down my bank account or I can't go to the grocery store or I can't do basic things like if it comes to that um, which I I do believe it will I think that this like they said it's a soft opening of course they and they everything that they propose to us is under a well-meaning beautiful flowery package and obviously the underbelly of it is usually hidden but it doesn't take that much to really see where this could go so I'm nervous about it I like the idea of creating incentives for people to do better things not because uh we should be treated like dogs with reward systems but because people fuck they fucking suck and people are lazy and people don't care about the environment and it's not climate change I'm talking about but just general litter and things Mm -hmm. that you know throwing cigarettes out the window whatever um I think that it would be nice to have programs that people could kind of get bonus points because people do well with reward systems, but the social credit score, connecting it to your financial stuff, to mm-hmm. real life stuff. Um, no, thank you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm going to reject if, that at all costs. What if I have personal beliefs that don't align with the official wokeism narrative that's out there? Are they going to, are they, am I going to have to pay more for things because I don't use someone's proper pronouns when I'm expected to am I going to am I going to be taxed um are my liberties going to be restricted because of that I mean things are going in the path to where they are giving incentives for people to rat each other out for not having what they're calling virtuous behavior and just like our simulation we all have a perception as to what's virtuous and what's not I mean what's good to us may not be good to the guy down the street so it's basically whoever's on board with what the world agenda is right and exactly that's the best point that's the best point is who decides what's virtuous and from what i see the people that are in charge of our world our states and all of that um i wouldn't trust them to make those decisions for a second and i do think and I do think it goes right back to a lot of us called this a long time ago. We were basically like the whole thing about COVID and the mask is to set us up for the passports for the digital IDs so we can eventually have a social credit score. So it's falling in line exactly as we called it. I've actually been going back and watching the old Black Mirror episodes and it doesn't feel far-fetched at all because I watched them years ago and I was like, that's so crazy. And now I'm like, oh no, we're already there. Like we've mm-hmm. been there for so long and like, they just put it in a dramatic context, but like, we're absolutely already living absolutely. in that place. <laughs> so, absolutely. Anyway. And I'm going to be, what the have person. you heard? Well, I'll be, oh, I was just want to interject that I'm going to be the person that's going to say the F word when you're not allowed. And then I'm going to be docked points. And then I'm going to end up poor and on the street. I'm going to knock on wood because I don't want to manifest oh. this reality. <laughs> I don't know. I have to tell you for anyone who hasn't seen that episode with the girl and her cell phone and yeah. how they deduct points for the way. They, okay. So I just recently, that was like my, my favorite one ever. And there's this old lady. I don't know if you remember in the semi truck who, who picks her up because she loses so many points that she can't even get a ride anywhere. So this old trucker lady shows up and was like, you need a ride. And her score was so low that even the girl 
was thinking about rejecting the ride. She gets in with her and my boyfriend looked at me, he goes, that'd be you. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be the old lady driving a truck with the worst score ever, just so I could say whatever the fuck I want. (laughs) I love it. I love it. (laughs) That'd be you too, by the way. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Um, Basically already there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so the one thing that I heard that I thought was fucking fantastic, and I don't know why he's not in jail, that Mike Tyson beat the shit out of that guy on that plane. That guy poked him and oh, poked yeah. him <laughs> to where he turned around and just pummeled the dude. Guess the guy was drunk, and he was just fucking with him and just being a, a complete nuisance. And you can see in the video that he had been going for quite some time before Mike lost his shit and turned around and clocked him. And I think that that's where society still needs to stay because the whole adage is that people have gotten so comfortable saying things on social media. They don't know what it's like to get punched in the face for being a dick anymore. And I think that's something that we have lost in society. Do you agree? Yeah. Were you happy to hear Um, about that? I I saw it yesterday. I actually had it on my list too. I have mixed feelings about it. On one hand, I like seeing the guy get his ass handed to him but I also have another feeling that as a professional fighter of that caliber mm-hmm. um I don't he could have really done some damage and I think that it's not really fair in that way I think that he's I don't know if he's gonna get heat from it or not I've seen a lot of people really happy about it and I, I love seeing a good ass beating mm-hmm. but I am a little nervous given um his status Mm-hmm. how this could be I don't know I don't know I have mixed feelings on it and the other thing that bothered me was that the airline did nothing to stop this person from harassing Mike Tyson also why is Mike Tyson not flying in a private jet mm-hmm. like his own private like I feel like he's got enough money but anyway it's it's complicated it, it was is. nice to, I like what you said but I'm not sure so the the Breitbart um, headline was that um, the passenger threw water bottle at him. I didn't see that in the video. Oh, but I didn't see that. He must have. Well, that's it. different. That's that's a game changer. If you assaulted Mike Tyson, well, then you got it coming to you. If he was <laughs> using words and being annoying, I think Mike Tyson can't just go around because he could kill people. He, yeah. And he looked like he was going pretty hard. I'm sure he was like curbing it a little but he wasn't laying off. And uh, if the guy threw something at him, then I guess it's a fair game. Yeah. I don't know. I just, yeah. And you're right. Yeah. And he's got, he has extra responsibility because his hands are a lethal weapon. So yeah, you're right about that. And what really surprised me and it kind of, is, I'm a little rubbed the wrong way by it is that he wasn't arrested on the spot. Like everybody else that is assaulting people on planes. You know? Mike Tyson yeah. or the guy? The guy, the Mike Tyson. Yeah, no, I kind of agree with that. And and on that note, let's roll it into the Will Smith thing, even though it's like quite a bit older now. Mm-hmm. We haven't discussed it. So how did you feel about the Will Smith, Chris Rock incident? I thought that that incident was totally staged. Um, I Nobody, I don't know, you're, you may disagree, but Chris Rock is like got his hands behind his back and he's like leaning into it anybody is gonna do this he didn't try to stop it um it just didn't seem really very real and I don't know I mean it took a lot of everybody's attention it was a big ordeal I thought it was staged what about you yeah 
No, yeah. that was my first instinct. Like all I commented, cause I was like, oh my God, this is what we're talking about now. Mm-hmm. But all I commented was actors going to act because mm-hmm. it felt that way at first to me. But then I played with the multiple realities because I heard so many t- people talk on it. And um, I also took it to this weird place on my social media. And I don't even know why, where I was thinking about even on its face, let's say it's real. Cause I love a lot of comedians who were like pissed, you know, mm-hmm. because that's just, it's not, that's another situation where staged or not, Will Smith probably should have been taken off the stage, taken out of the place. Like you can't just show violence right. on national TV. But um, I started thinking about this idea of elitist um, Hollywood black privilege, which got a little bit feathers ruffled response from a couple people when I said it because I know it's a bit controversial to say this but it was the combination of one if a white person would have done that even in Hollywood they wouldn't have had the ability to get away with that I'm not saying they should have at Mm -hmm. all I don't think anyone should but I was just noting that there is a bit of this rich privilege Mm -hmm. uh in Hollywood specifically with black people Mm-hmm. Whereas white people would get canceled a lot quicker. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I, I also don't think that privilege is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I think that it just exists and right. it should never give someone an excuse to be a victim. But anyway, that's where my brain took it into more of a philosophical place. But um, yeah, I don't care that much either. It's like, yeah, that was kind of my reaction. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm just, it's just not not really in the scope of my concerns, (laughs) but now the Johnny Depp thing, even though that's kind of a distraction too, I kind of have a little bit of an emotional attachment to what's going on with Johnny. I don't know anything about this, so I haven't followed it. So please let me know. Okay. So Johnny Depp and Amber Heard had a really tumultuous relationship. They fought a lot. I don't know all the deets, but, um, she was very verbally and even physically abusive to him. And um, of course he reacted, got really riled up, probably lost his temper more than once. I don't know if he ever hit her. I don't believe if he did really. Um, but she, she got so fucking retarded. Excuse my language. I was going to say the, <laughs> the retarded word. I'll the just R word. <laughs> she shit on his bed. She took a shit. Wait, she sh- took a shit in his bed. Yeah, have you, would you ever be so mad at your partner that you just go shit in their bed? Like for one, I can't poop when I'm mad. So I just don't know how that happens. Was she under the influence? <laughs> I don't, I don't get it, but I do believe that he is a victim of domestic violence. And I think he's, um, she's definitely getting it. Uh, it's one of those things that I don't necessarily really care too much about, but I also can see how, um, how hurt and embarrassed he is and that's messed up because I love Johnny Depp you know I don't know he could be so is she on trial uh is she the one being prosecuted I think they're in divorce court right now so I think they're just deciding who's at fault I don't know if there's criminal charges that have been brought up on him I know it's been going on no, for I haven't a couple it. years it's really sad. It's sad also that all of their business is being aired out like in this way. I don't I know. know. Regardless of the level that these people are, I still see them as like a little kid mm-hmm. who just grew up in a fucked up situation. And like, even with Will Smith and Chris, I feel bad for both of them, like in their issues as 
that they've been open about through their life. And I don't know if I should or shouldn't, but I just do because I see them as people regardless. And I think Mm -hmm. that Hollywood and this whole situation is a really difficult thing because they have to air out all of their personal stuff. And I don't think that regular people who haven't lived that life can ever fully understand Mm-mm. how difficult that would be and the strength it would take to like not lose your mind completely mm-hmm. you know it's hard enough when your friend is mean to you let alone like everyone I, I know yeah everyone on the planet like we are consumers and we consume these people's like and it's hard like because we they want that from us they share it all openly you know but it's a two-way street and yeah it does make me sad for Johnny Depp it really does because he's a person you know absolutely absolutely I don't know and I it's just about to to wrap up that Chris Rock thing I don't think that comedians should ever be um beaten up for telling a joke um I don't care he it wasn't I, I don't, even mean it, <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't a mean joke <laughs> I, I was mean, like Demi Moore is hot like comparing her to Demi Moore is not it's almost a compliment like, absolutely <laughs> and and remember um shit what's his name the the actor that said at the um the oscars and he was talking about pedophilia shit i can't think of his name for some reason oh ricky gervais yeah yeah remember that talk when he gave that speech and he said some stuff that were it was really borderline like well that was offensive stuff and he, nobody went up there and punched him in the face or slapped him around. That would have been the moment to do it, but that would have made them look uh, guilty of the things that he was saying. And mm-hmm. I don't know. There was, it was so bizarre. There was something weird about it. It felt like a humiliation ritual for both of them. Like, you know, a lot about that in Hollywood, a lot of black men specifically have to go through these humiliation rituals. That's what it felt like to me because it didn't make either one of them look good. Mm-hmm. Um, it could have been a play to boost their sales for stuff, but really I was like, and also was the first year and I know this isn't that important like either way but it was the first year that I think it was hosted and not hosted by but um I think the whole thing was directed by black people oh, no for the kidding. first time ever yeah and it's like and then I feel that you're probably right it was scripted so we're gonna have this humiliating moment for these two black men on the world stage like it felt like a like I said, like a ritual, humiliation ritual, like, okay, well then you guys have to do this because I do think that they really do hate black people. Mm -hmm. I really, really do. I think they use them and they hate them and they humiliate them and they put them in a box of ignorant Mm -hmm. and all of these stereotypes. And anyway, so we're, I'm sure we're going way deeper into it than most people would think, but I I don't think the right stuff happens by accident. (laughs) No, no. I think you're totally on the right track. And that was something I didn't, I didn't think about. That's a fucked up and awful um whose turn is it is it my turn it's your turn what you got what you okay. got okay <laughs> it's probably on your list but of course you heard about um elon musk toying with twitter just toying with the the twitter. oh yeah how did i forget the thing everyone is talking about it's awesome i think i think it's awesome well at first i well i still am kind of wishy-washy on whether or not elon musk is a good guy or a bad guy who knows but everything that he's been saying about the population control the climate agenda um and he's stepping in for all of us when he did that when he bought all those shares and then he proposed that he buys it for a flat fee of i don't know what was it 40 something billion dollars and in he says in his words on the paperwork to preserve the freedom of speech and that's for all of us and i think he's really kind of pushing some buttons and he's 
calling people out. And because they, you know, rejected his offer for the interest of, for themselves, not for the interest of the shareholders, because of course it was a good move to sell to Elon Musk, but they're not going to because they're trying to save face. And that says a lot about these lunatics that are running Twitter and what they've been doing to all of us, um, including our our former, our president, current president, I guess I should say, um, and what they did to him, what they've, how many people have they deplatformed that were trying to tell us the truth. They've really done a bad thing. And I'm just, I'm just flabbergasted. And I think that Elon Musk is, is going to just open up a whole new can of worms on things that, you know, we've all been talking about, but he's actually bringing it to the forefront because the media cannot ignore what he's doing. Yeah. Oh I yeah. I, he is an anomaly, I believe. I have been cracking up watching the responses to this because on one hand, like people are saying he's our only salvation. Like even Tucker Carlson the other day was like, Elon is the only salvation we have for free speech. And I'm like, what a ridiculous thing to say. Like, first of all, what <laughs> he's doing could be very beneficial, but everyone wants to have a savior and it's like, okay, let's yeah. calm down. But then I'm watching people <laughs> on the other side who are like, you guys don't understand how evil Elon is. And they're freaking out that people are excited about this and they're basically pulling out all this negative stuff about Elon, which, yeah, he's got some weird shit. He straight up wants to do Neuralink and like Mm -hmm. he dated a satanic chick for a while who was like very, very messed up in her music videos about child uh, rituals. So I I watched a lot. She had the red shoes. She had the sacrifice. She had all of these different. Oh yeah. I randomly went looking at Grimes videos one day on YouTube, like last year. And I was like, Oh my God, seeing all the symbolism, but whatever. I don't know. Like, I literally don't know. I think that he's an anomaly. I try to look at things, like I said earlier and trust my gut. And like, I think people can be good and bad. I think we all are. I think we all have the capacity for evil and good, but he's, he's got enemies who are uh, people that I would deem as an enemy of our nation. Does it mean that everything he does gets a pass? Is there another reason for what he's doing? Maybe, but I do like that some of these things are coming to light. And I like that he has an audience and a fan following of right and left. Mm -hmm. So that puts him in a very special, unique situation. So like when Saudi Arabia showed up, and showed their hand and how powerful of a hand they have in Twitter, it is something that's ex- being exposed to people on the left. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? How, why, why do other countries have this much control? And then they're seeing it as failing and dying and it's tanking up until he started talking about it. He pretty much controls the market on Twitter right now, mm-hmm. but it's going down. He offers way above what it's worth and that they would turn down a failing platform that is pretty much a bot farm. Mm-hmm. for the far left and robots like and it's like that's exposing that this company isn't about money which is something we've known it's about mm-hmm. controlling speech it's about uh shaping elections shaping narratives like controlling the conversation so i think that all of those things are beautiful and good right and so i get frustrated when people are like why do you guys trust elon i'm like can you just look at like <laughs> his actions some yeah. Yeah. Like this, I love the guy because he's an anomaly, but I'm really attracted to people who don't fit in boxes. And mm-hmm. even if he's bad, even if he's got some messed up stuff he wants to do, I'm, whatever, that's the world we live in. 
That's right. Uh, I mean, I like <laughs> actions speak louder than words and, you know, granted, we've all got a past. Holy shit, man. I mean, God, it's what we're oh, doing yeah. today that actually matters. Okay. It's your turn. All right. That was a big one. So let's see here. What do I have? So this is really, really good news. Um, even though I don't trust it fully and how long it'll stick around, but the federal judge Trump appointed, by the way, uh, just struck down mass mandates on airplanes, um, deeming it unconstitutional, which I literally it happened while I was in the middle of booking a flight, which was really cool. But I also have that like thing of like, will this even be a thing in a month from now when my flight is like, who knows? <laughs> and I know that the the Biden administration is already trying to reverse it uh, with the CDC and they're acting like we just want to kill everyone. But mm-hmm. um, the people have been very excited. And that's the thing that I love is watching the stewardess um, and the people on the plane celebrating because I don't think people who don't wear masks 24 seven understand what it feels like, let alone being on a plane where you can't hear properly and the pressure is messing with other senses. Mm-hmm. So then you take away, um, your ability to be seen, to communicate with smiles, to be able to hear people properly. And it's gotta be a really messed up. I'm, I was thinking about working on a plane with a mask and, mm-hmm and the pressure of like the air and how difficult that would be. And the one girl started crying and they're dancing and you can just tell they look so free. And then I'm sitting there watching it with such joy and also with sadness thinking like, these are trauma victims mm-hmm. and I can only hope the next time they, they just don't do it. Right. You know? They all yeah. just stand together. So anyway, <laughs> either way, it's good news, I guess. <laughs> No, yeah, it is. It is, but it's kind of it's bittersweet and it's scary yeah. to think that um, you know, what are these people going to do next time? Like we all know it's bunk science that they're using. We all like all of this evidence has come out against Anthony Fauci and the NIH and the CDC and even the the FDA and how crooked they are and that they've literally killed millions of people through this false pandemic that it's enraging. And I saw something, I don't know if you posted or something, but it was, um, it was like a meme that just said your, your blood is either clotting or it's boiling. And I thought that that was the perfect analogy. Well, maybe that's not an analogy, but it was the perfect statement to make, because if you're not vaccinated and you've chosen to not get it, then you're most likely aware of what's been going on and you've got to be pissed off. And if you're not, I don't know what's wrong with you. Like everybody should be really, really upset at what happened over the last couple of years. And people are still dying. People are still sick. And it's just fucking mind blowing to me that people are dropping dead kids, even kids being forced to get this experimental thing and and then they drop dead a couple days later like where's the outrage of course we don't see it because it's banned on social media the the news media is not talking about it unless it's some sort of alternative news source god bless Stu peters and the work that he's been doing and and even alex jones and i mean there's so many of us that are out there blowing the whistle on all this stuff and talking to the right people 
about what's been done. But it's it's really disheartening. And like you said, yeah, of course, we're going to celebrate that people don't have to wear them while they're traveling anymore, because it'll give people a reprieve from it is a trauma. But I'm just praying that if they do bring it back down on us, that people will say no, because that's all it takes. Like every time they kicked somebody out of a school board meeting or a city council meeting for not wearing a mask, if everybody in that room would have just took their mask off, they wouldn't have been able to arrest everybody. So it's, it's like, I'm blaming everybody who's complying with this stuff because they now are at fault for this. Absolutely. No, you're right. And I think those of us who have been in this for two years, like we're, I've seen some people very happy and celebrating like, yay, we got it back. But many of us are just kind of like, should have never happened. Mm -hmm. It's like you kick a dog every day for two years. And then one day you don't kick it, you give it a treat and the dog is grateful, Mm -hmm. you know, and the dog comes up tail wagging. Like we can't be like these Stockholm syndrome, uh, Munchausen by proxy victims. Like Mm -hmm. that's exactly how it feels is, I'm still like, it's never okay that it happened to begin with. And I don't know, for those of us just seeing it that way from day one, it's just, I don't know if you feel this, but it's almost like just battle weary when it comes to these ideas of like, it's really, we have to just wait and hope that enough people get fed Mm -hmm. up. And the sad part is I'm starting to see um, like deaths not to take it super dark, but I've talked to so many people and I know people who have just been suddenly dying from heart attacks and like dropping dead for no reason, young people. And I keep hearing this story and they're all fully vaccinated and I'm not drawing conclusions on this podcast, but I've never seen anything like this in my life. Mm -hmm. It is really heartbreaking to see. And uh, my friend, was telling me the other day she was like two she was like a year ago she she said by the time everyone starts to see the repercussions it's going to be too late for many people and she was like we're literally living in that moment right now she Mm -hmm. lost three people this week what fully vaccinated suddenly like yeah and um I know of like three people that just had heart attacks and they're like in their 40s and died like sudden heart attacks blood blood clot issues so I don't know not to keep it really dark and always come back to this but yeah well I have I think people are waking up via that process I hope so I I got a text from a friend of mine who she's either double or triple um jabbed and she's got it again again it's probably her third or fourth time getting the the condition yeah and then this time she hasn't lost her sense of taste and smell but her tongue feels like it's been scorched like with hot liquid or something that's a really weird Uh, symptom to have right why are these people the only people that keep getting sick are the vaccinated so Mm -hmm. obviously you and I are going to come to the conclusion that it's something to do with these boosters because Mm -hmm. even in the journals it says it weakens your immunity over time Mm -hmm. it says there's multiple things like your risks for all these things go up I saw I I sound so uneducated right now because I'm not citing my sources like I used to but I saw a graph in I forget which country but basically I think it might have been the UK for the first time the deaths of the 
vaccinated are outnumbering the unvaccinated deaths and it's in people triple vaccinated and the spike was huge so people were unvaccinated like we're pretty much over the death process because you know the main ones that were really damaging are gone it's just getting easier and more chill as it goes but like the people who keep getting these boosters which i don't even understand why because this Mm -hmm. thing's not even it's not worse than a normal cold at this point or flu the triple vaccinated are dying at the highest rate of anyone right now. Wow. And that is so disgusting and heartbreaking to watch, but scientifically we already know why, you know what I mean? So that's really heartbreaking about your friend. I hope she stops getting. I hope so too. Shots. Yeah. She's, I don't know. She's not in the best health as it is. Just doesn't really take good care of herself. And it's just really, really awful actually. And it is but you know what it's just I think one thing is just that realization that like we're all gonna die I know that sounds crazy but like being so attached to living forever no you're right that's why we need to like be happy for today and be nice to each other and care about what happens to each other because we're we're all gonna go there it's there's no avoiding it ah shit I don't know exactly okay (laughs) my turn let's move on that was dark Okay. Um, uh, okay. Have you heard that, um, Putin is gearing up to expose a bunch of deep state stuff and the origins of the C-19 supposed virus? I have not heard this. Okay. Did he say it? No, no, but... Some of his officials have been speaking on it. They've been talking about the labs in Ukraine. Um, There have been other um, diplomatic officials from other countries talking about how the U.S. has been going into these other countries, doing business that's illegal on our soil, totally unethical, like the the bioweapon development, and operating corruption in their countries and giving them benefits to allow us to do so and that this is the top of this can that's been under pressure for so long is about to blow the fuck off because people are sick of the u.s's shit it's our leadership that has caused so much turmoil around the world and this whole thing like i don't i don't watch the news and you know what about your citing sources this is a totally casual conversation we can talk just like we're friends this is our podcast fuck everybody and anything that they're gonna say about us not (laughs) citing scholarly articles or whatever yes do your own damn research (laughs) that's right but unless you listen to cnn then they don't want you to do your own research because (laughs) you're not allowed to because you're not a scientist (laughs) but yeah that's that's kind of what i've been hearing through the grapevine is that russia and china are gonna help blow the lid off of all of this shit that's been going down because they've been what a crazy mind fuck to think about that like i know but we have to man i mean they are not our allies uh on certain levels on certain levels they are i believe but 
it's interesting. I mean, I would like to see something happen. I would like to think that we are not run by a one world government where all of our nations are in unison. I know that war is a horrible thing, but at the same time, what's more terrifying is when everyone works together against all of their people Mm -hmm. and we're all screwed. So a little bit of conflict amongst leaders, especially anyone challenging the U S is to me something I would be hopeful of. Um, Also, it's shady as hell. It goes along with everything you said that we're sending so much money to the Ukraine. And, you know, anyone who believes that the Ukrainian people are going to see a dime of that money or Mm -hmm. I want to live in your life. Sounds like a good time because there are trillions of dollars we're about to send them again. So this is obviously hush money. This is obviously money laundering. This is obviously backroom deals. This has nothing to do with what we think the money is going for. I was at the grocery store the other day. And, you know, when you go to pay, it gives you the option. You want to give a dollar to the children's fund. Are you seeing those about Ukraine? Oh yeah. Yep. I was like, do you want to donate money? It was the first time I've noticed it. Cause I usually just pay cash. And like, I was just like, what the hell? And I was like, no, I don't want to give damn. I'm, I'm already giving all my tax money to Ukraine right now. Like, stop. Like, I don't I even know. have a choice in it. So no, no I mean, crazy. I hope so. I hope you're right. That would be awesome. Um, the whole thing is very interesting. We'll see. Oh, wait. Did it just get quiet? Yeah, it's okay. Oh. <laughs> I thought you froze for a second. No. You were moving. Yeah. I, thought you, I thought the camera froze. So um, let's see here. Have you heard that this is an MSM article that I saw last week that I found fascinating that the pandemic fitness trends have gone extreme, literally. And this article states that physical fitness and violent, violent hyper masculinity have always been central to the far right. (laughs) I read the whole article. So this are, they're like, all of these people working out right now is a sign of extremism. And they had a photo (laughs) of Hitler and a bunch of people like doing the hail Hitler sign. No kidding. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, well, it figures that they say that physical <laughs> fitness is white supremacist. Um, that's just insane. It's ridiculous. Well, anybody- liberals are totally, liberals work out. Like, that's yeah, how liberals work out. There are. And I'm wondering okay. like, what the, like, you know, the cr- liberal CrossFitters think about that. They're, are they going to stop working out because it's too- <laughs> Um, it's too extremist. Like, <laughs> gotta stop taking care of our bodies because that might be what, you know, uh, <laughs> a patriarchal white supremacist misogynist might do. Who freaking knows? But it, that's crazy because it's like they're kind of mind fucking people into not wanting to be a part of that culture because it might um, relate them to something that they don't like, which is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous and. I mean, there's people in the black population, Asian population, all populations that enjoy physical fitness. It makes zero sense for extra gym time to be affiliated with that kind of extremism. I'm like, but that's just bizarre. And they're off the wall. It's so you said it was an MSN article or it means MSN. MSM. Okay. Yep. There's a, and there's one more I'm going to look for while we're talking, but no, you know what? I like these types of articles because they're so ridiculous that everybody can pretty much agree. Yes. 
Minus your super, super fringe weirdos who just, I don't even know, don't, they're walking zombies and they're just like everything the news says is true. Most people on the left even are going to be like, that's the most bullshit thing I've ever heard. So I like it when they do ridiculous things because it just takes away their credibility. There was another one uh, that I saw that said sociopathic traits linked to not wearing a mask or social distancing during the pandemic study shows. (laughs) And it talked about, so they're linking people who didn't wear masks with having antisocial traits, which is ironic because we actually wanted to be more social. That's why Uh we hated, like, that's one of the reasons we hated the masks is because we, our interaction with people, I actually quit my job because I felt like I wasn't connecting to people anymore and it killed the joy of my job. But um, they're calling it antisocial personality. And then they're saying it ends up leading to sociopathic traits. Oh, God. So those oh, are some, shit. my, those are literally like within a day of each other. And I'm like, what the, <laughs> what the hell is going on? Like, I want a job writing these like amazing columns. Ridiculous, ridiculousness. <laughs> oh, okay. So remember the Joe Biden, he was talking, I don't remember what he was addressing, but as he's leaving the podium, he stops and he's like, you know, like shaking an invisible person's hand. You see that? So every meme or everything that came up, there was a fact check. Two articles would pop up. The president (laughs) wasn't actually shaking hands with nobody there. There was a group of people over there that he was addressing. I'm like, yeah, freaking right. And then there was even a fact check on, you remember he got pooped on by the bird? That wasn't actual <laughs> bird poop. It was it was something else. I don't know what they said. Oh, you can't get no. shit on by a bird without getting a fact. <laughs> They're like, birds don't shit on uh, Biden, the supreme leader of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe oh you can help me sort out what's going on with the White House Instagram page. But every time I go there and look at the comments, I don't know if they're Russian bots or if it's, you know, the CIA's way of maybe making Russia look bad, but every single comment, I would say about 99.9% of the comments on the White House page are Russian people putting Russian flags up, talking about how Putin is the greatest leader. Um, And it's bizarre because I've never seen that before. Do you know what the hell's going on with that? I don't, but I noticed this weeks ago Uh and it was so trippy to me and so bizarre because I don't know. Is the news even reporting on it? Because I think a lot of times we can find answers for things that are going on by watching the fake news, because whatever they attack about it will reveal the underbelly of why it's really happening. So I don't know if they're spinning it in a certain way. I haven't looked into it a bunch, but I did notice it. It's very strange. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. I think one, it's interesting that he doesn't have any real followers. Mm -hmm. Like you would think that they would be flooding because most votes out of any president in United States history. Um, But you don't see any real people there, which I get his approval rate is really low, but like, why all these accounts? Like you would even think that you'd have a bunch of Ukrainian flags or something. Yeah. Or anything, anything, any kind of support or even people like us that are pissed off at him getting on there but it's you don't even see very much of that so it's really strange it doesn't make sense but I did I did I think I saw an article by mainstream news saying that they were Russian bots and so that's what makes me think that it's our own CIA compromising the comment section of the White House page to maybe 
slow down the comments from the real um, citizens? I don't know. That could be. And also it could be a, a ploy from our own CIA to make Russia look like the Mm-hmm. But the thing that we've been demonizing them for doing this whole time, it's also an election year. Maybe they're stirring up that whole, the, the Russians are going to change and affect the elections or, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And this gives validity to it. Right. That could be because it's obviously a bot thing. It has, it's a spam bot and it's a very controlled effort what's happening because these people just came out of the woodwork. They're not real people, but it's very interesting. I That's like your idea about the CIA. Yeah, maybe. That makes a lot of sense to me. But do you remember when there's just weird, we can't trust anything on social media. You remember when Trump got COVID? Vaguely. Yeah, I remember he got COVID. He was treated by Zelenko. Is that his doctor's name? And uh, I forget his name. I think it's Zelenko. And I think he treated him with HCQ, didn't he? Yes, but the thing I was going to say is right when he got sick, his I was rolling through his Twitter feed and it was like this Russian situation, but not Russian. So it was like all Middle Eastern, all these different languages that I didn't, I've never seen before. Um, and they were showing satanic images. I had never seen anything like it, but it was just like Biden's Instagram, only all, and they were wishing death on him in other languages. So I could like go see translation. And it was talking, it was very dark, like literal saints, like people bent over backwards and like all black and white photos of like, it gave me nightmares. Like I watched it right before going to bed and I'm just sitting there crying. Oh my God. but it was similar to this. So I just like, I don't know what these things, like, I don't think the majority of people on social media are real people. <laughs> yeah, no, you're you know right. What I mean? Yeah. They've got huge warehouses of all these phones. Like, they do. yeah. And they're all posting just to, to control the freaking narrative online. It's bizarre. Yeah. I don't know. Exactly. Um, did you hear that Biden is in this great state of Washington today? He's in Seattle visiting our scumbag not legitimate governor because I think that they've had election fraud in this state for a really long time. They've had at home ballot um, mail-in. Har- I was going to say ballot harvesting, mail-in voting for I don't know forever. That you can't even go to a poll to vote here. It's all through the mail. And same in Oregon too. So they ha- they've had that nailed down. And our Secretary of State is an infamous rhino, who um, she doesn't. She's our elections are totally screwed up. I do believe that Culp was our winner and I've seen him speak a couple of times, but anyways, Dingleberry is visiting our state and they did just so happen to clean up a few homeless encampments that was right across the street from the hotel he's going to be staying at. So that kind of makes sense now that I know that since he was coming, that's why they cleaned them up, but it's awful here. They sent Seattle city hall workers. They sent them home because there were so many homeless people basically camped right outside the courthouse and city hall that they couldn't come to work anymore without being violently attacked or harassed. One lady was even almost raped by a naked man in the courtroom bathroom. Um, it's just, it's fucking awful. Like it's awful. I don't understand what they're getting out of this. Um, in this town that I live in, the homeless people, they've been moved from place to place. They used to be at, they took up the parking lot of city hall. They literally cordoned off the entire parking lot of the city hall to, for, for them to have their camp back there because they moved them from the river over there. Well, then they cleared them out of city hall 
they moved under the bridge down the road a little bit. Well, now I heard that the state is cracking down on them again and moving them again. Well, they've said enough's enough. We're going to break windows of businesses because we're sick of being dicked around. So even my place of business had a window broken. There's just like the fucking night of the living dead or zombie land or walking dead. That's what it's like. These people are fucking crazy. They taking a shit on a sidewalk, slamming heroin or fentanyl or whatever they're doing, like right out in the open. It's bad. And I know it's the same in Oregon. It's, I know it's the same down on the California coast. It's, um, it's a real fucking problem. And it's almost like they're, um, they're helping these people get the fentanyl. Well, they're probably paying China to ship it in here like crazy, but it's, it's like they're enabling them to keep on doing this. And why do these people actually go to the polls? Um, what's the benefit? I don't, I don't really understand, but it's weird and it's crazy here, but I know that you experienced the same thing. You're in California. You've seen exactly what I'm talking about. I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. Well, I, we don't go to LA very often or San Francisco. So we're, there's a lot of homeless people where we live, but it's nothing like those places and they've gotten really bad. I just hear stories every time one of us will go back. It's just the trash is covering everything. There's encampments. Mm -hmm. There's like whole cities, homeless cities at this Mm -hmm. point, and they're taking in billions of dollars and nothing's getting done. Some of the people who are working on the committees are getting like a quarter million dollars, half million dollars a year to work on this problem. It's a whole money laundering situation. Mm -hmm. If they fix the problem, they're out of a job. So they're not going to fix it. I've listened to a lot of people. I don't know what the answer is. It's really heartbreaking. Um, I don't know what the motive is either other than to uh, create giant disparities between the rich and the poor and Mm -hmm. to create they're they're pushing a lot of people out and then imagine they're buying all the property um we're turning into venezuela in a lot of our cities and it's it's really Mm -hmm. sad i don't know what the answer is i and i just it's hard because it's such a humanitarian issue where you feel Mm -hmm. for the people but you also know there has to be consequences and like if you remove consequences of you can just do anything it's not going to be well people are going to take advantage of that right so um and it's not even so much it's not even so much that these people that are on the street are the problem of course they are but indirectly it's our leadership it's causing this. So it's, you know, we can't blame the poor, you know, mentally ill, homeless drug addict. It's not their fault. They need help, but they also can, uh, you know, there's, there's so many freaking resources and it's like, they give them so much just to get by, but they still keep them down. It's, they don't give them exactly what they need. It's just fucked up. And it pisses me off that these people are being used and taken advantage of and we're directing our energy towards or in our anger towards these people that are being used as a tool to basically destroy our society it's just so weird unbelievable absolutely i think i think it's daniel beloli who wrote a book and talks about this I had some really good ideas and i forget the country he went to i don't know if you'll know um that had really really great success Okay, I'm, looking, I'm gonna look him up. Beloli, you said? Daniel. 
Bolelli, I believe Bolelli. it's Daniele Bolelli or something like that. <laughs> but he's he's been on Rogan a few times. But um, he's awesome. a fascinating person because he talked about this like a few years back, the homeless issue and the drug issue. And there's a country that's done it right. And I think they decriminalized all substances and they created places where people could safely use, but they came with like kind of stipulations and and more than that there was a step up process you had to kind of be in a medical environment overseeing and then to use your drugs but then um they gave them all these step up processes and they reduced their homelessness and drug abuse and overdose by leaps and bounds like it was it's incredible and I think that we're in a situation right now where we have to look to but one I don't think our leaders want to fix it so let's just Mm -hmm. get that out of the way I think they're funneling money into their own hands and because people want to give to this problem it's Mm -hmm. getting worse so the money is not helping it's making it worse but if we were to help there's ways to do it and I would I would study the countries that have seen the most progress Um, mental health is a huge issue drug addiction is a huge issue everything our leaders have done for the last two years are making all of these things worse so mm-hmm. it's really hard for the people who have to be affected by the violence and the environment of being around all these people and it's also really hard for those people because they are human beings too so I don't know it breaks my heart to think about um I think that there's solutions we just that's not the goal of our leaders they mm-hmm. don't want to fix it right uh, yeah. I would definitely go and speak to the homeless people and ask them like I would talk to, cause there's a lot of homeless vets who are there for a good reason. Uh, there's a lot of mentally ill people. There's a lot of drug addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, I would ask what would make sense for them and kind of work with that to implement something. Yeah. You know, but yeah, for sure. Well, have you also noticed that kind of like the whole COVID thing is that, uh, mainstream media is kind of glamorizing mental illness and they're they say they're it's under the guise of bringing awareness but they're kind of um, glamorizing having to be on barbiturates and you know drugs to help them with their and and then just kind of um you know lifting up this whole victimhood mentality praising people for having difficulties in their life just for having them not so much for getting over them and it's this, this really weird dynamic where they're it's like they're having people come out as mentally unwell because then they can find community because everybody's having problems with that. And then they all need to go to the doctor and they all need to get on something. And instead of telling people, Hey, maybe you should go for a walk. Not that walk is going to cure like a bad case of depression, but it's a great fucking start and nutrition and all the things that were lacking. And so they wanted straight them to send them straight to big pharma to fix the problem and have them find community with all these people that have all this trauma and instead of moving past the trauma or overcoming the trauma, they all just sit in it and compare each other's trauma. It's just the weirdest, most disgusting thing I've ever seen. You know, I've been there. I know what that's like, but sitting in it and talking about it isn't going to fix it. And it pisses me yeah, off. You're right. And it yeah. is being celebrated. It's absolutely being celebrated. It's like, I, I had a conversation with someone the other day about, um, trauma and I was just kind of like looking at it from a a medical stance and this person was like you have no idea how offensive you are and Mm -hmm. and there's this protection over these people as though they're children but these are adults who I'm looking at it like if that person is so broken 
one, I'm not judging, but two, I see like the root of the problem in a lot of these like issues where people are waving around their mental health flags as though it's a banner or a trophy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm seeing it as a deep search for identity because, mm-hmm. and they're looking for it in outward ways and diagnoses and terms and labels and stereotypes and fucking whatever, non-binary, whatever you want to say, like there's all these things that they're taking, they're looking for identity. They're looking for meaning instead of building and cultivating character. And it's, it's really heartbreaking for me to watch Mm -hmm. the cultural shift in that direction. It's been so heavy on my heart because I am such a lover of all people being able to express themselves as they want, but I'm watching this, like you said, be celebrated and and what's real is getting lost. There's no diversity of beliefs, of thought, of character. There's no, be- the beauty of the individual, individual, individuality. <laughs> um, and I think that people are just, they're, they're stuck in a place of somehow forever being in childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. And then they're passing it on to those around us or around them. And then they're mm-hmm. passing it on to the kids. Yeah, you're so right. I think you've called it the deep search for identity. And yeah, maybe that's what we're called to do is to help people find um, what they want to be instead of, you know, what they're identifying with. with Well, when you're the hyper, yeah, the hyper obsession with uh, the physical right now is, Mm -hmm. is revealing that there's a lack of the internal, the spiritual. Mm-hmm. And I think we're losing that. I think we're definitely losing God in mm-hmm. our country. And it's not even about believing in God or not believing. I'm not even talking about any religion. I'm saying all religions. Um, we're getting away from this idea and there we're getting away from a sense of value. And these are things I can't even believe I'm saying. If I heard myself saying these 10 years ago, I'd be like, are you some old lady? Like, <laughs> but I really, you know what I mean? Because I was just so progressive, but there is like Jordan Peterson talks about this all the time, the need for meaning yeah, and the need for um, the understanding of how we fit into the story of the world and how we connect to the good, the evil, like this beautiful narrative. And there are Christian values that our country was founded on that are being rejected right now. And even if you're not a Christian, do unto others, there are really good fundamental things that, um, they're trying to take away from us at the core and I'm just watching what it's doing to the youth and I'm watching what it's due to adults. Like I see adult people digressing mm-hmm. as people and clinging to the most superficial things around them. And I'm going to do a whole episode on this at some point because it's been really heavy on my heart and I can't yeah, wait I'm to see that. that it up. Yeah. I think that that's, I think that's really needed. Do you have any other haven't you heards? um let me see if I have anything but we'll just end it on something light unless you have something else well one thing that was just released today that I want to share wait let me share mine first because it's not that big of a deal we'll just quickly CNN plus lasted almost an entire month before crashing and burning what are your thoughts did you know they spent billions of dollars and they had 10,000 subscribers (laughs) I love it screw you CNN someone said the other day 
Someone said the other day, there's literally a YouTube channel where a guy films himself farting for 10 minutes and he has like millions of subscribers. <laughs> CNN Plus has <laughs> I love it. Anyways. I love it. Those people, they're, <laughs> if there is a hell, that's where exactly where they're going because. I think it's just good to say that the culture is kind of like over their bullshit. I'm like, hey, that's mm-hmm. a good thing that people aren't just completely, they're buying other bullshit, but hey, whatever. That's it's right. kind of also poetically poetic justice bitches. it is it is <laughs> and and this kind of is related to that so supposedly obama was at stanford university yesterday and he was telling them that tech tech companies are turbocharging this is his words turbocharging some of humanity's worst impulses and that one of the biggest reasons for the weakening of democracy is the profound change that has taken place in how we communicate and consume information and that people are dying because of disinformation. So he's warning everyone that they need to crack down further censorship, big tech, they need to do it. And so as Hillary Clinton's on top of this too, so two of the biggest demons in our society are really, I saw really her tweet. Yeah. Yep. She, where she was basically warning, like, you better fix this quickly. Yeah, and she just got popped for one of the biggest misinformation campaigns there was with the whole Russian collusion and what they did to Trump. Woo, man. It's these also people. obvious. It's also obvious what they're doing. I'm sure you saw Bummer say, uh, like, he was giving another speech. He's basically acting mm-hmm. president right now, let's just be honest. But he he was giving a speech saying, we've now... He goes, let's be honest, like clinically tested it on this many billion people in the world. Why are people still not getting it? So he admits to the fact that, you know, it's a trial test, but duh, anyone <laughs> uh, knows that. Anyone, everyone should know that. But like he's saying we've tested, like who, who are you that you're a part of the we've to be like, obviously you're admitting that you're running some of this bullshit that we're exchanging yeah. when you should be an ex-president sitting in your fucking house at Martha's Vineyard doing mm-hmm. whatever the hell you want, hanging out with Big Mike. Like we don't need you running the show on COVID right now. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I get a little pissed off, but here's the thing. Like I'm at the point where I, I see what they're doing. It's so blatantly obvious. And I'm almost like (sighs) activism is so important. And I don't want to take away from that thought right now. I'm just saying there's a part of me that is checking the hell out of it all. Just almost Mm -hmm. like maybe we're going to see in our lifetime. Maybe we're not. I don't know. I hope we do. I hope we see this ship come down. But right now, they have no shame. Nope. They're bragging about everything they're doing, taking away everything that we have. And I'm like, part of me is just really chill about it. And I don't know if that's I'm cracking or I'm in a Zen spot. Or I if think I'm you're up. just it's in moderation. We can't react too much because then we look like psychos. And we've got to keep it cool. And we'll go crazy. We'll mm-hmm. literally go crazy if we think about it so much. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I feel I'm like with you for sure. We need to ground ourselves and keep it cool no matter what. We can't react too much. You I know mean. what I love? You know what I love about our show is like we get done talking about all these topics and like a month later, a couple weeks later, like I'm almost like, what's the next thing that's going to happen? Because life is not failing us on this like nope. I'm just, I know by the <laughs> next time we talk we're gonna have a list exactly this big of ludicrous insanity to discuss and I hope that we bring a little fun to the table and not just make it too heavy but now it's heavy yeah. <laughs> 
but no, it is. <laughs> maybe we should end with something that we're grateful for. Oh, I love it. You want to go first? You want me to? Yes, I'm, I am grateful for um, the new relationships I have in my life, including the one I have with Ashley here. I think it's enriched my life much more than it would have had I man- maintained relationships with people that maybe weren't giving me the type of um, intellectual stimulation or hope for the future because my friends from before definitely were not, they were not a force of good. So I think things, even though things are boiling to a head, it has allowed me to forge new outlooks and new friendships. And I'm grateful for that. I love that. That's exactly what I feel grateful for right now on the cusp of a really difficult situation with an old friend that I love dearly. Um, It's, I've been so overwhelmed with love for the people that I've met over the last couple of years and the conversations I've had with even strangers on podcasts that immediately felt like friends like you and all these people Mm -hmm. um, where it just feels so natural. And I feel that like, like I told you before the podcast, I think that there's something okay with like letting the past go, even if it's painful and just living in the present and releasing releasing the nostalgia around the old stories. I think a lot of times we live in the future and that brings anxiety or fear or projection, or we live in the past, which is holding on to something that is dead and gone. And um, I just love the fact that I have people in my life like you that I can grow with. And I hope that we're in each other's lives for a very long time, but you never know. One of us could grow in a different direction at some point and that's okay too. And I'm just grateful for the same exact thing. So you said awesome. <laughs> I love that. We're okay. so lovey-dovey. So Love thank you, you for joining thank you us. For tuning in. Love you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> same thing. I'm saying the same thing. This is Ashley. Is. <laughs> All right. Bye. <laughs> okay. Inward Survival School of Magic this week, we're actually going to talk magic and spells and household items that you can use in your magic. So I bet you didn't know that you can, there's like everyday items in your house that you can use in witchcraft, if that's your gig. If not, whatever. It's my gig, and so I like to talk about it. Number one, you got sugar. Sugar has magical properties. It comes from the sugar cane, and it's been grown in the South for centuries. You can use it in love spells or to sweeten someone's attitude. Adding a teaspoon to a self-love ritual bath sweetens your demeanor and increases your personal self-esteem. Next, you can use a mirror. Mirrors are connected to water and represent our emotions, intuition, and dreams. They can be portals to other worlds. Use mirrors and candle spells to reflect magic back at a person. Scry your future in the mirror and cast a little glamour magic while looking in the mirror. Mirrors in the bedroom promote sensuality and mirrors facing the front door protect the house from negative energy. Next is candles. This is obvious one. Obviously, candles give up a magical ambience and set the mood for casting. They're particularly great. Well, also, we talked about colored candles before. Each color represents a different aspect. Next is ribbons and string. This is considered not magic. You can use to draw out your magic circle on the floor, decorate the house for Beltane and Midsummer or can be worn on one person as an amulet or a talisman. It can be used in all kinds of things and used in magical properties, including binding fate, creative projects, love, friendship, and more. The refrigerator and the freezer. 
Isn't that crazy? You, if you're dealing with a hot situation with angry relatives or coworkers, write the situation and the people involved on a piece of paper, roll it up, pop it in the fridge to cool everyone down. The freezer works to freeze a fast-moving situation or to stop a person from making any decisions. Don't forget you can freeze a name or a situation by putting it in water and popping it into the freezer. The broom has been a magical tool of witches for centuries. You can sweep negativity out from each room out the back door. Turn the bristles up when not in use, especially if it's behind a door or in a corner. Never take an old broom to your new home. Leave it or bury it. Witches use brooms to cleanse ritual space before a ritual or a spell working. Okay, next is honey. It's obvious, right? Honey's been used in hoodoo tradition for centuries to sweeten someone up. Honey can be used to dress a candle for a love spell, or spells can be covered in honey and sealed in a jar. It's a great offering to love gods, goddesses, elementals. Anoint your PowerPoints to take on the likeness of the bee. Jars and bottles. You save your jars and bottles because you can use them. Of course, you clean them out and then cleanse them with smoke or the elements. Tea kettle. Making a simple cup of tea, your tea kettle becomes a ritual tool for relaxation, medicine, and magic on a daily basis. Draw symbols of power over the tea kettle with your finger while waiting for the water to boil. Stock pot or crock pot, cauldrons, or any kind of vessel. These are completely magical. You can make herbal infusions, decoctions, um, brew a floor wash in your stock pot before cleaning your floors. A more modern approach to the cauldron might be the Instapot. Soap. Soap is used in witchcraft. When you're washing in the morning or night, use your bar of soap in a downwards fashion from head to feet to cleanse yourself of all negative vibes. You can even buy soaps made by witches for specific purposes. And I know some people that make soap, so let me know if you're interested. Clothing. You can enchant your clothing before putting them on. Select certain colors for certain intentions. For example, wear pink if you want to increase romance in your life. Wear green when you want to attract more money. You think this is all bullshit, but it's totally not. You can also write or draw spells in the, on the bottom of your shoes. Buttons. Add them to your spell bags, adorn your poppets. Buttons make great eyes and noses for your poppets. Sew buttons into a pattern or a symbol inside of a jacket or coat to align with that magic intent, magical intention. Never pick up a button in your path. It's bad luck. I didn't know that, did you? Flour. Flour has magical properties. It can be used to be make breads and pies, but you can also use it to draw out circles and sigils on the ground. The bathtub. Basically, access to an incredibly magical experience where you can connect with a water element. This will help you cleanse negative vibes, and you can add herbs and flowers to your bath to cast spells for money, success, and love, whatever. A pen and a paper. Our ability to write for has been taken for granted in modern times, but many of our ancestors were ta never taught how to write nor did they have access to paper and writing utensils. You can write your spells on a piece of paper and then burn the paper to release the magic. You can also bury the paper, freeze it, cut it into shreds, and watch it blow away. Books. Press a special flower, plant, or feather in your favorite book. Later when you open the book, your magical item will fall out and bring you luck. Ask a question to the universe and then flip a book open to a random spot. Whatever sentence your eyes lands on will be your answer. 
Milk. This has a lot of magical properties for motherhood, nourishment, protection, and abundance. Cook or bake with it. Add a bit of it to the bathtub. Almond and coconut milk also have magical properties related to the plants from which they are made. Spices. Big deal. Magical herbs. Cinnamon, oregano, pepper, cumin, parsley, curry, cilantro, and basil are just a few that people have right in their kitchen. Coffee pot. The coffee pot is just as magical as the cauldron. Enchant it by drawing a symbol in the air over the top. Then sip your coffee and thank the coffee gods for energy and vitality. Coffee and coffee beans added to any spell will speed up and strengthen the results. House plants. Gather fallen leaves and foliage, dry and use in your spells. Place a jade plant by the front door to bring abundance. Salt. Salt is super protective and purifying. Could be used in the bathtub, sprinkled around candles and spells, left in the bowl on the altar for purification, sprinkled in the corners of the house and on windowsills, so much more. It says to go down the salt rabbit hole and experiment with different types. There's black lava salt, Himalayan pink, kosher salt, sea salt, which is black salt, just to name a few. Ancestral heirlooms. Do you have anything that your grandmother or grandfather gave you, a special item that you keep in your home? This ties you directly to your ancestors. Place them on the ancestral altar or simply hold in your hand while praying to the ancestors to bridge the gap between you and your past loved ones. Add their energy to spells and divination sessions. Seashells. You can use them on your altar to represent the water element. Encircle a candle to aid in fertility and water magic spells. Include them in your own personal divination charm bag or make them into a necklace for magical use and talismans. Olive oil. Dab a little on your index finger. Draw a protective symbol on the doorway and windows. You can also use olive oil to anoint your third eye and chakras before ritual. Infuse herbs into oils and use to anoint candles, tools, etc. Silver bowl. Do you have a silver bowl or vase? Pour water in it and leave it to charge under the next full moon. Bam! Instant moon water. And silver bowls and plates are also great for candle spells and offerings. Animal figurines. If you have any animal figurines around the house, turn them into magical guardians. Obviously, you can search the internet to find out more about these items, but this is just a brief synopsis of what you can do. Next is the knife. One of the first magical tools ever used was a kitchen knife. If you have an old kitchen knife, you have an athame. Even if you're not Wiccan, a knife can be used to carve symbols and letters into candles. I used it to um, create my runes. You can cut things like twine and string, and they can be used to draw symbols in the earth for ritual. A bell, a household item, has cleansing property. Ring a few times to send negative energy and spirits running. It also can be used to signal the start to a ritual or a gathering. The sewing machine, you could use this to make magical cloaks and your poppets, or voodoo dolls, if you, whatever you want to call them. Cleanse it and enchant it for ad, added magical benefits. And then last, the stove in the oven. This is the modern-day replacement of the hearth. That's what our ancestors used to use. Treat it as such. Craft herbal concoctions on the stove. Bake bread infused with your herbs and intentions in the oven. Make candles on the stove. It represents the fire element and is the center of the home. If you have a stove with an open flame, that's awesome. That's even better. And also a grill can even serve as this magical household appliance. So there you go for some magic for Inward Survival School of Magic. Our Stoic of the Week is Rene Descartes.
And he said, Whenever anyone has offended me, I try to raise my soul so high that the offense cannot reach it. It is only prudent never to place complete confidence in that by which we have even once been deceived. And, if you would be a real seeker after truth, it is necessary that at least once in your life you doubt, as far as possible, all things. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you for joining us.